All right, ladies and gentlemen, cones, this one's for you. And when I say the super cones out there, it can be for you too. But this is going to be sort of like a Patreon for the non-Patreons. We have not really spoken about the move on the regular show. And this is really a completely off-the-cuff episode. I have no idea what's going to come out. This is a little bit of a glimpse of what it's like on the Patreon. Patreon members, I can tell you right now, you may not be into this episode. It might be a little repetitive, but who knows? This is the pre, the the cold open, if you will. So I can't even tell you where it's going to go. But either way, let us start the show. Yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah Woo. There's a place all aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the always be booked cruisecast show coming to you not quite live from Long Island, New York. It's the Always Be Booked podcast. So happy to have you guys here for the first episode ever. So much to talk about, so much to cover. I don't even know where we're going to start. I don't even know where the middle's going to be. And I sure as hell have no idea how it's going to end. But I think we have some emails for the uh, end of the show tonight. And that's about that's about it. I wanted to do an episode and basically catching up. I'm going to be the first to tell you I don't have a bunch of uh, show notes lined up. I don't have a script here. I don't have outlined news articles like I very often like to have when we're doing a regular show. As mentioned in the cold open, I was going to try to make this sort of like a Patreon episode. And again, you know, so I do have the Patreon. And, you know, if you've been on the Patreon, you're up you're up to speed. You know, you know. Well, I mean, it was a wacky run, too. There was a very, very good chance that I was going to end up at the K compound and remain at the K compound and not actually even come here. Uh, it wasn't actually even finalized that I was definitely coming here up until less than 48 hours till I actually did. But hey, listen, this is me and this is the life I've I've chosen to live over how many years now and you guys have become used to that i would imagine so it's crazy i gotta start off by saying this cruising related uh i'm getting sick of this whole thing i have no bad taste in my mouth when it comes to cruising i have no bad taste in my mouth there's nothing about the whole cruising life that i can could ever get enough of could ever dream to get enough of but i will say i'm kind of at a little bit of a boiling point with the whole thing and i'm not blaming anybody i'm not looking to place blame i'm not saying somebody's at fault uh but i will say that i'm kind of sick of this whole month to month you know bs are we getting going are we not getting going you know are we cruising are we not cruising again i am not blindly taking swings at the powers that be 
I'm just saying from my own cruising mental health, it's getting to be a little bit old, isn't it? It's ridiculously old. And God bless all these cruise creators out there. I'm not going to mention names, but, uh, you know, you see people hanging in there. And I have the utmost respect for them just hanging in there. Okay, you know what? It sounds like we might be cruising this month. All right, you know what? There's a good chance we'll cruise this month. Okay, maybe by the end of the... Uh, it's, it's enough is enough. Enough is enough. You starting the very 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 beginnings of seeing some of the things that are going to have to take shape and like i said on the patreon the other night frank del rio he came out with it and i only read his quotes okay i didn't hear his voice i know there was a meeting there was a little panel discussion but i only saw what he wrote in a transcript in a news article with cruise industry news and i could tell he hit his boiling point too, and he was frustrated. And he's basically said, "Stop telling me about cruising in November. It's impossible. Okay, these cruise ships are laid up, and if you want them to stand up, it's gonna take a good sixty days. So stop telling me you think I can cruise in November. Okay, it's not happening. And it's because and it seemed like it was like a, I I'm, I could be reading too much into it, but it seemed like it was just a dig." at um you know the the cdc um it does sound like there there is conversation going back and forth like i said i, I feel like arnold donald is given the same routine but just arnold donald is just so smooth you know what i mean arnold donald is to me you know in this while while we're talking about politics being so hot and heavy right now i feel like arnold donald is a career natural born politician and uh uh, I, I kind of feel like he's frustrated too, but he's just not going to go out there and say that many stupid things. You know what I mean? He's just not going to, and not that what Frank Del Rio said was stupid. I appreciate it. He's shooting from the hip. He's speaking from the heart, but Arnold Donald is realizing, all right, let me let my cooler head prevail and let me uh, kind of continue to stay political. And he says, we've had great discussions with a lot of people. And, you know, he's kind of like, you could imagine him talking, you know, that political point with the with the closed fist but not tightly but the thumb over the knuckle of the index finger as he as you you casually or like uh, roughly point to where the camera is you can you can see arnold donald doing that he's just smooth and then richard fain is a little bit of in between he put out that long video the other day and i was interested in it and it was interesting to me to see him put out a video that was you know, five minutes of just nothing but COVID, just COVID talk about the, I guess, you know, the, the protocols, not from a cruising standpoint, what we can expect, the history, the before, during and after the present, whatever of what this disease has done. And he kind of broke it down. And I think he did a pretty good job of breaking it down where it started, you know, what battles we faced. He recapped it nice. You know, what do we have to do? I mean, it is absolutely insane. I mean, I don't know. I, again, I don't like to get political on this show, but it's clear that uh, the experts, the people who are supposed to be putting in charge of this, have changed their story 11 times. I can't really tell you. I don't have the answer as to why our country, and don't tell me about population because it's ratio, it's proportionate. Our country is proportionally much, uh, much worse than any other country when it comes to percentage of people who are getting this and how long this thing is sticking around. So many countries are coming out of this mess. 
and we're stuck in it. And, and, and many people will tell you we're right at the beginning of another wave of it, not to be negative. But, but I, I don't know why, why, why that is to blame. I don't know. I feel like, you know, some countries just ignored it. Some countries beat you with a stick if you went out in it. Some countries uh, locked your door shut. Some countries kind of just did what we did. But for some reason, we are still dealing with it. And I and it is a little frustrating. And it is going to be interesting to see what's the cruise capital of the world, okay? At least in the United States of America, we already know this is Florida, and what just happened in Florida? They went full tilt. They went all in as far as, you know what? Concerts, games, uh, uh, bars, nightclubs, full capacity. 100%. Let's get it on. It's going to be very, very interesting to see. And again, I'm not mad at that. A lot of people say that's reckless. That's crazy. That's Florida being Florida. Guys, somebody's got to go out there and do it. You know what I mean? Somebody's got to take on, uh, I guess, the responsibility of seeing what this thing's all about. Can we hit a herd immunity? Can we catch a mutated ver? Can we develop a mutated version of this thing? Is it going to be a thing where everybody's basically going to get it and we're going to get through it and we're going to find that the death rate is much lower than we thought? I don't know these answers. I don't know any of them. But, you know, God bless Florida. They're taking it on. They're trying. They're seeing it. A lot of you will disagree with that and say, no, it's irresponsible. But I don't know. I would say... uh at this point, if you if you if you feel like you are at risk, you got to stay home. I do know one thing: this country will not go on with the uh, economic halt that it's at right now. But the interesting part, talking about the cruising aspect of it, is what's going to happen, right? What is going to happen as Florida completely opens up and uh, the cruise industry, being in the capital, and they've already said. The only two U.S. ports that are going to be open are Port Canaveral and Miami. Guess where they are? They're both in Florida, Central and South Florida. So is this wild opening, this crazy cowboy uh, governor of Florida opening everything up? Is that going? And again, think about it. We are not going to realize the effects, good or bad, of this next move to this next phase uh, until... Several weeks from now, we're going to see because the new cases number, if, if it goes bad, and I would imagine it's got to go a little bad, right? These numbers have to go up a little bit. If they don't, great. But, you know, it seems like simple math. Uh, and I'm, again, I'm not saying we shouldn't do it, but I'm just saying it's simple math. The numbers probably will spike a little bit. Now, will cruising be able to return and will they will the cdc and clia give their blessings to the industry getting back in a state that is clearly uh go, go trying to trying to trying to beat this thing through powering through it interesting i could tell you right you know just the difference of where i've been florida for the last several months obviously it's been tight it never stopped being tight it was it was locked down in the beginning and of course everybody knows new york was the absolute worst new york got leveled by this thing but you know it, it really kind of i guess what would you say it really did it did a good job of locking everything down and when i say did a good job of locking everything down that may or may not have been the right thing to do i don't know but that's what they did and it kind of went away like significantly went away 
didn't disappear completely, but it was about as low as you could expect New York to be. Now you're seeing a little bit of a spike. You're seeing New York start to creep up there a little bit. And this is kind of what a lot of people said. You know what I mean? The weather is not cold yet. By the way, this is the absolute perfect weather right now. I mean, it's ridiculous. During the day, it's like 72. And at night, it gets down to 55. Beautiful sleeping weather. It's a dream. I wish it could just stay like this. But no, it won't. But people are saying that New York might spike up in November. And uh, I guess the numbers, which you're looking at right now, start to look like they're starting to creep up a little bit. But who knows? I mean, it's just still a mystery. But what I'm talking about is my frustration in that I just wish, you know, we, 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 I guess you can't really wish. I guess there really is no answer, right? What are you supposed to do? If you, if you cancel cruising for three months and everybody's upset and really it turns out that you could have cruised in a month and a half, everybody's going to be pissed, right? Or if you, you cancel month by month, it's like a little bit of a tease. Okay, it's canceled through July. Everybody thinks, okay, we're going to go back to sailing in July or August the latest. Everybody's got their own little, I guess, their plan or their mental clock as to when we think we're going to be resuming cruising. I got to be honest, this last one, I kind of got to check out. You know what I mean? They gave us a good two months here. You know what I mean? And we all know the CDC wanted to shut this thing down until February. The White House stepped in and said no. Now, the White House is has an interest here and you would say it's a good one because there are so many jobs and people should never ever again i guess what would you say underestimate the effect cruising has on this economy because it really really would bring a lot of money back into the economy if cruising was able to be reintroduced but again at what cost nobody really knows and that's why I save my breath when it comes to getting, I guess, uh, upset about a lot of these government agencies because people get mad. People say, we should be back at sea. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. Nobody really has any idea. What has come out recently? Okay, Norwegian has said that they are not going to be cruising until December. I think Royal Caribbean did the same. So you have you, now we're, go, we're into December. So whatever anybody has said as far as their predictions. I think a lot of people have been off and some people, you know what I mean? There were people six months ago who were just like, you know what? This isn't going to happen. Uh, forget about this year. Look to next year. I kind of, what do I think now? I'm not, again, it, you know what? Forget it. Forget it. There's a good chance we can go back to seeing December, but again, that experience you're going to have to be prepared for. I will not sit here and tell you it's not going to be fun. I will not sit here and tell you you won't enjoy yourself, but you really are going to have to be uh, prepared. Like somebody said the other day, I, th- I, heard, I think I heard it on a podcast, just with everything you try to do, every time you try to let go and every time you try to enjoy yourself and get any sort of taste of what things used to be like, it's like there's just this underlying, t- underlying tension in the air. You know what I mean? You can't really let yourself go. And I really felt that my first trip to Key West, when we went to Key West a couple of weeks ago, I really felt, oh, several weeks ago at this point, uh, I really felt that. But then when I went back with Beatrix, it felt a little bit better. And I don't know why. I have no idea why. But uh, it just felt like, you know what, 
Maybe it was me completely in my own head, just being like, you know what, screw it. You're going to be as safe as you possibly can, but you really have to enjoy yourself. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. You're in the tropics. You're 90 miles from Cuba. You're on an island. You're having some conch fritters and you're having some mojitos. So you know how I say mojitos. Uh, That's all I'm saying. You got to just enjoy it. And here it's weird. So as most of you know, I came back here, but I'm on Long Island which is about a 25 to 30 minute drive to New York City. I mean, when I say New York City, it's Manhattan. It's about a seven to eight minute drive to Queens. But then you got to drive through Queens and traffic, blah, 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 25, 30 minutes. So I've been here for, I guess, uh, you know, over a week now. And I've been working and started work. And uh, that's going pretty well. But yesterday was my first trip into the city. Had to run a little errand. We have some computers, some uh, POS systems uh, terminals that I had to drop off to get programmed for, you know, when we open. And I made that run and I was happy to make that run because I hadn't been in Manhattan yet. I actually hadn't been in Manhattan in close to two years at this point. So I drive in and it was just a weird experience. It was so bittersweet because on one hand it was like, man, I'm on Long Island right now. This is my home. This is where I grew up for the first 20 years of my life. It's all I knew. And, uh, you know, I know it like the back of my hand and I drive around these streets and it's like just so it's it's nostalgic. But it's it's very, very hard to describe the feeling. But then when I got to New York City, it got even more nostalgic, but also bitter because that's where I belong. If I'm going to be up here, that's eventually where I feel like, you know what, uh, there's just a, a a vibe to New York City, a sense of hustle, a sense of. You know, uh, you know, there's an energy to it. It's all you could really say. Just with the, the buildings alone, the echoes of the cars through the streets bouncing off the buildings. Uh, there's just even now, and I'll get to the bitter part of where it is so much more dead than it's ever been. You heard the stories. Now, a few weeks ago, I guess post um, post protests, I think it was a little bit of a mess. I think there was uh, a lot of uh, lawlessness going on in the streets that seemed to have calmed down. Okay, so, uh, you know, I could tell you one thing. The traffic is still really bad in the streets. But the one thing you notice, two things you noticed is that, A, the streets are just, the, the pedestrian traffic in the streets are just such, at such a minimum, I've never really seen it like that, especially on a Wednesday afternoon. I mean, it was it was alarming how light the foot traffic was in the street. And then I'll also say that it was, um, you know, it was strange seeing all these restaurants. You know, in New York City, you have areas where there's just rows and rows of office buildings. And then you have areas where there's rows and rows of residential slash restaurant. Usually it's the setup. It's like a brownstone type scenario where there's residentials, you know, floors two to five and on the first floor there's a retail business very often a restaurant and what these restaurants have done and what they've been forced to do is to build little makeshift out of wood just somebody you know what i mean somebody who's handy came along and built like this makeshift type of shed that extends into the street to where you would normally park your car like So, and then you just see tables in the middle of the street and it is the most oddest thing. So when you come down a block that has a good amount of restaurants, like maybe, you know, eight or nine restaurants on one block, you just see 
them t- the, these little new little newly built huts take over the parking sections of the street and I made a left onto a street and it's like I could see the back of one blonde woman's head and she's sitting there sipping her coffee and I'm new to the city at least this kind of city so I'm not used to it I'm watching everything's fine so I'm not going to hit anybody but it's just a certain level of trust you have to have I mean have you ever seen a New York City cab driver you know bomb up and down the streets they're crazy and you know there's a lot of times the word defensive driving is not the operative word here there's not a lot of defensive driving it's get where i gotta get and that does result in some uh some bust ups sometimes and you know if you're the unlucky soul who's uh, drinking a uh <laughs> drinking a bud light or drinking a mojito uh in the middle of the street where you're not supposed to, it's like being in the ocean you know what I mean? That's the shark's territory. You're sitting in the middle of a New York City street. These cabs are like sharks. It's like here in our territory, you might get hurt, sir or madam. But it's strange. But what I was saying before was that I just I just don't want to get invested in cruising right now. And the reason I don't want to get invested in cruising is not because I don't miss the living shit out of it. I don't think a day goes by where I don't like imagine myself carelessly just floating around the pool deck with a drink in my hand and with the toes in the water. And you know what? Um, you know what? Going wherever I want. My friends are going to be okay for five minutes. I'm going to go down and check out the art auction and drink some free champagne or you know what i'm gonna go into the uh you know i'm gonna go into the i'm gonna go into the main atrium and see what uh see what events or attractions are going on maybe there's a trivia happening at two in the afternoon oh you know what the trivia is kind of beat i'm gonna go back and join my friends on the lido deck again right now but not before i don't grab a slice of pizza at the pizza pirate just floating around a cruise ship is just at your at your free will i think about that often but it drives you nuts every time you think you hear about being able to jump back into uh into the cruise game there is just red tape again nobody's fault right so what we've heard there is not going to be a royal caribbean or norwegian sailing through the months of november that's big news guys that's big news are they going to be ready in december Frank Del Rio in his frustrated kind of diatribe was like, if everything goes perfectly, if everything goes perfectly, we may be able to. You know what I mean? I think you would probably have heard about, you know, okay, tell me a cruise ship right now that's planning to sail out of the United States. There are none right now because what would make the news, all right, so put it like this. What would make the news is the first crew member joining the ship. All right, when are we going to cruise? We're not sure yet. But Royal Caribbean, Anthem of the Seas, or Royal Caribbean, Independence of the Seas, has just brought 200 crew members back on the ship to start preparing for it to sail again. Have you heard that yet? Have you heard any of that yet? In their first steps to stand up from, uh, you know, from 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 a, from a, from their layup, Norwegian Gem 
has flown in 300 crew members and they're going to begin the process of getting the ship sail ready starting today. Have you heard that? You haven't heard any of that. Is it going on? I don't think so. Is it? I'm not so sure that it is. If you're asking me, maybe they'll say, well, Tommy, you know, you do have 150 people on board right now and they could start that process a little bit. But that's not that's not the case. Maintenance people have to come on board. You know, uh, uh, entertainers have to come on board. Uh, electrical show producer people have behind the scenes people have to come on board front facing crew members back of the house crew members recipes all sorts of kitchen equipment everything needs to be fired up from scratch again okay and frank del rio just told you in his uh emotional diatribe that this is probably probably going to be a 60-day thing so to me it's like when you get that first article, Cruise Radio has it. Cruise Industry News has it. Whoever comes out with that first article that says such and such cruise ship just brought in uh, 200 people to start uh, getting the ship sail, sail ready again. When that happens, then maybe you can start a clock and maybe Frank Del Rio is exaggerating. Maybe, he's, maybe it's not really 60 days. Maybe it's 30 days, but let's just say it's 30 days. It's at least a month from that first article that you hear. This is my opinion, guys. I'm guessing. I'm just trying to add the, some logic to this whole thing. When you get that in piece of news, when that news breaks, because that will be big news, when the first crew starts boarding ships in efforts to get the ship sail ready. When that happens, that'll be big news, and that will break, and then you start the clock, and if you listen to Frank Del Rio, it's 60 days. If maybe somebody's real ambitious, and they get a big crew in there, and it happens, maybe it's 30 days. But think about all this stuff that's happening. Patreon people, don't get mad. Like I said, this is going to be one for the regular cones, okay? You've heard me say this already. But this isn't even like you're just normally getting on a ship as if it was laid up, and you're just starting the process over again. You're talking about a completely new set of guidelines that everybody's going to have to learn and understand. There's going to be technology on board these ships that are going to be designed to keep people safe that at this point, the crew does not know how to operate. The crew, by crew, I mean those people who haven't even gotten on the ships yet. And, uh, you know, they're also going to have to be held with the responsibility of enforcing these rules. Right? It's really going to happen. It's really you're going to have people out there that don't uh, adhere to the protocols. And, you know, when you do something wrong on a cruise ship at any time, any member of the staff will just oh, they're going to just cone. Uh, so you can't do that. You know, take it from me, because many of you probably behave yourselves when I'll do something like I'll move. Try I'll try to move the piano from the piano bar into the casino in a rede- redecorating process. I'll try to take a lounger from the Lido deck down onto the elevator into the nightclub after 10 p.m. That is frowned upon. All these things, when I do all these things, I get yelled at. Who do I get yelled at by? I'll tell you, anybody. There's no, okay, let's wait, let's call security. Anybody out there will give me a Thomas, no. Thomas, no. No, Thomas, no. 
I'll get that from anybody. So there's going to be uh, a lot of no's when people want to, you know, I guess not adhere to the new protocols. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be it's going to be taken very very seriously. These people are going to be stood in line and at attention, and these new protocols are going to be drilled into their heads. And they are going to be told, under no circumstances are the guests allowed to do this. If you see any guests doing this or that, you have to tell them, no, they cannot do it. So they have to figure, they have to learn these protocols and they have to learn how to operate whatever new equipment that's going to be there. You know what I mean? Uh, there's, going to be, have to pe- there's going to have to be people on board uh, letting only a fraction of the people into the main theater that could normally otherwise go. And then you're going to have to rely on drunk cruisers to adhere to that and look at 10 open seats at a show that they wanted to be at, but they refused. They can't, they refused entry because of social distancing and they happen to be a uh, freedom fighter and they don't think that that's right. And now you got an argument. I'm not trying to paint the worst picture in the world. I'm, I'm getting a little bit of ahead of myself. I'm just talking about all the things that are going to have to be considered once you get the news that one, two, five, a hundred, two hundred crew members are on board a ship, have been put to a ship, have been flown to a ship for the purpose of getting that ship ready to sail. Okay? So I don't know. Is that happening? Maybe the cruise lines are doing it behind the scenes. Uh I don't know. Doug you know, some other people, they might have a better idea of that. And there might be some news of that happening. I just feel that if that was going to happen, it would be public. And the other thing is maybe it is more of a, a, a smoother transition than I'm, than I'm thinking. And maybe the people who are on board in the cold layups or the warm layups are able to handle a lot of those functions. I don't think, think so either. Because that's such a fraction of the actual crew that's going to be on board. I'm not sure. What's the other thing, guys? The other thing that kind of came out over the last couple of days that's beneficial, I don't think it's necessarily breaking news. I think we all kind of knew that this was going to happen, expected it to happen. But all CLIA cruise ships, anybody who participates in CLIA, anybody under the CLIA umbrella is going to have to take a COVID-19 test before they get on board. I guess this is a rapid test guess it is what it is i mean i i don't think this was a secret i kind of knew i kind of felt like this was going to happen i mean how are you going to possibly let people or little you know two thousand people you know based on where we've been and what we've done who who's going to let uh you know two three thousand people four thousand people gather on a cruise ship uh, well i guess it will be at lighter lighter capacity but even at lighter capacity you know what i mean Let's say 1,000 for a mid-sized ship, 2,000 for a large ship, and, you know, 3,000 for a mega ship. Social distancing, uh, half capacity, Oasis of the Seas can still sail with 3,500, with 3,000 people, right? All the Oasis-class ships. So we'll see. So, yeah, it definitely makes sense to me that there would have to be testing. And then, you know, you're dealing with all the other stuff. You know what I mean? The every other rooms, uh, the buffet situation. Where are these ships going to go? Guys, who has said it so far? Who has come out and said that we are welcoming cruise ship passengers? I think Nassau, 
the Bahamas did. And I think that's it, right? As far as, uh, you know, non-private, non-private uh, destinations owned by cruise lines. Of course, you're going to be able to go to Labadee. You're going to be able to go to Coco Cay. You're going to be able to go to Half Moon Cay. There's going to be uh, nights, overnights you'll spend at sea where you otherwise would have been on land. These types of things are all going to happen. Uh, there's talk about maybe uh, trying to, I guess, modify the Jones Act. Or I heard it's not even the Jones Act. What is it? The um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm a moron. There's another act. The It's not going to come. It's not going to come. Uh, shit. Whatever it is. Whatever prevents you to be able to cruise to nowhere. They're talking about maybe uh, giving a little bit of a break to that. You know what I mean? Under these conditions. Uh, again, because it's just such an economical economic situation. All these layoffs are happening. And think about it. The cruise industry will have an immediate positive impact on the airlines. The cruising industry will have an immediate positive impact in the hotels i mean miami is still a huge tourist destination but can you imagine those hotels near port canaveral i mean port canaveral they they need they need a shot in the arm that is not miami miami can survive based on regular tourism whether it's people flying in throughout the country or just people doing a staycation down in florida coming up from north of florida you could drive there so miami's gonna be okay but Port Canaveral is really probably suffering. I can imagine what the hell's going on at grills and fish lips and the hotels in the area. You know, I know. I know there's a big, big sense of urgency to get people back to cruising. Uh, what do you guys think? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. That's the email address. And I sure would appreciate it if you guys would help me out and start up some discussion so we can have some email fodder. Uh, we always talk about, you know, you guys' emails, and a lot of you, it's the, it's your favorite part of the show. And uh, for the amount of people that say it's their favorite part of the show, uh, the emails are less than that proportionally. And, you know, I'm not putting any pressure on you. If you really don't feel like doing it, don't do it. But, yeah, and I hate to keep soliciting, but it does help a lot when you guys send me emails. So I guess let's talk, and again, Patreon people, I do apologize. This is where the super cones are, uh, you know, they've heard a lot of this before. And by the way, we do have a Patreon, and I got to say this. I was talking to Juan Valdez today via email, and, uh, you know, you hear a lot of me um, soliciting for the Patreon, and that rubs some people the wrong way. And first of all, I usually say, well, you know, kind of too bad. If you listen to any podcast, there's always advertisements, right? Sometimes you what are the what are the famous ones? Dollar Shave Club, <clears throat> you know, for hymns, for keeps, or whatever it is. Uh, Zip Recruiter, uh, you know, there's tons of them out there. If you listen to podcasts, you hear a lot of the same ones. So what do I do? I do a little, you know, sometimes thirty, sometimes sixty second piece on doing the Patreon. So. You guys know I have a full-time job now. I'm trying to keep this thing up and running and going uh, and doing the best I can with it. Uh, so if you want to just support the show, it's a great way to support the show. It's $5 a month, and all you do is go to patreon.com slash alwaysbebooked, okay? And then you sign up, and it automatically deducts $5 from your uh, account every month. 
and you get pretty much an extra show a day. Of course, I'm going to take some days off. You're going to want some days off. You know what I mean? It's always been definitely five to six days, but then there's been an added bonus. So I like to, I've been saying that, you know, I know I want to kind of be a little bit more in the mainstream and in the efforts to get a lot more mainstream listeners, I was going to make an effort to keep things mostly about cruising on the regular show. But then on the Patreon, I do know that there's a large faction of you who like the extra stuff, who like the banter, the commentary on who knows what. And I would kind of keep a lot of that stuff there. But the exception, I guess, is today because I'm going to talk about the move today. I've already talked about it on the Patreon and getting back to talking about the Patreon every step of the way. I mean, if you want, you're going to have to go back, though. You know what I mean? If you really want to join up on the Patreon and get the whole, I guess, kit and caboodle about this move and how it developed and the details as to what happened and how it almost didn't happen and how it almost happened again but didn't happen again. Yes, it is. And me and Juan were talking and Juan makes no bones about calling me out on things and yes he's like i love how you kind of barely just mentioned how ridiculous your life is going from new york to florida and back and forth it is the most ridiculous thing in the world and it sounds like you know it and it's funny that you do kind of acknowledge it but listen Juan, there's more to it than that man you know what i mean i kind of decided during this whole thing that that just might be what it is you know what I mean? You're like, oh my gosh, well, can I make up my mind? Okay, maybe no, I won't. Maybe I move to New York today or this time knowing full well I'll be back in Florida in less than a year. And at the end of the day, and in the grand scheme of things, what's wrong? What's wrong with it, right? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked. Another thing that people seem to really enjoy two things first of all i've been introducing a lot more other stuff than just the podcast the uh patreon podcast i've been doing some video stuff wacky commentary using snapchat filters uh, video but then i did my entire move so i documented it was like a seven part series of my entire drive up to new york from florida Showed the hotels, showed where I stayed, showed the trials and tribulations along the way, and uh, the play-by-play of a cross-country move or a north-south move, whatever you want to call it. And people seemed to get into that. It was, you know, the interaction on that was pretty cool and it was fun. And then what I'm also going to do on the Patreon is it's kind of like a cool thing. So, like, I'm opening a bar from scratch. Uh, I would say probably 70 or 60, 70% of the construction is done. But aside from that, you can't get any more square one than we are. So what I'm going to do is, for those of you who are interested, now if you're not interested, you could still get the show a day and then just don't pay attention to the bar stuff. But if you want to just kind of like watch a reality show, listen, it's rough. It's not edited cute with music and stuff like that, but just some raw footage of how it is and what it's like for me to open up a bar on the day-to-day. That's another thing you're going to be able to see on the Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked. So, yeah, so the move. Let's talk the move a little bit and let's get into the email. So the move was cool. Uh, I did have it was touch and go for a while 
I'll say this. I want to give a shout out to the lovely, talented, and vivacious Miss K because that's just a bad woman. And when I say a bad woman, I mean a good woman in a in a lot of ways. You know, we 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 became pretty close. We didn't necessarily have to be best buddies every night. And yes, of course, there was times when, you know, you, you see when you live with someone for that long, you just see the good and the bad and not bad per se, but just not like the, oh, there came a time like the real, they say in the real world when people stopped being polite. And, uh, you know, there was just a realness that we kind of developed in our relationship that we were able to work through and, 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 and bang it out. And I, I would love to be back there at some point. And I think she would love for me to be back there at some point. And we talk about that on a nightly basis. And she actually even goes so far as to say, you know, don't lose your car sticker because you're probably going to come back. And we don't want to go through that whole thing again. And then I'll leave this here this way. So when you come back and she she's kind of expecting me to come back as is Beatrix. Now, that's really where my head is at. I, I, I think I would probably want to take this and do this and look at it as a project and at this point my head is there it's like you know maybe you just do this for a little while now that doesn't mean anything at this point because that is just like I said how I'm feeling maybe right now I am loving this project already you know what I'm saying I'm loving where it's going I'm loving uh, the challenges that are put in front of me with it I see it being able to be great. Yes, there is that scare of the COVID situation and how aggressively will be will we be able to open? How much of a money-making position will we be in when we open in the middle of a pandemic? But the place is really going to be good. And what we're all hoping for and what we got our fingers crossed about is that, you know what, maybe we don't come out, you know, guns blazing with this crazy grand opening. Maybe we do open up even if it's 25 or half capacity. Hey, that's, you know, what you call a soft opening anyway. And maybe, you know, we run through and power through this, you know, mini second wave or whatever it is. And then, you know, people start opening things up and we can come out blazing early 2021. Not unlike the cruise industry. But... Yeah, so the move was pretty straightforward. There were really no disasters in the move, and that's different for me. That's strange for me. Usually there'd be some uh, stuff I can kind of hang my hat on to be able to tell you and give you some entertainment on. But basically what I did was spend the first couple of hours taking it nice and slow, and I went up the coast of, I guess, uh, South Florida, Treasure Coast, everything, and kind of stayed as coastal as possible. But then eventually you get antsy and you're like, you know what, this is pretty and all, but it's the same ocean as I've seen, you know, the last 20, 30, 40 miles. Let's get on the road a little bit and let's hustle a little bit. And that was cool because I had a good hour and 10, 15 minutes out of the drive up north out of the way. So by the time I did cross over to the highway, I felt really cool about how quickly I got to Orlando in. And then I spent the night in Orlando, checked out the old stomping grounds, and then I woke up from there. And then from Orlando, I got gas, then got gas again in Georgia. Wait, did I get gas in Orlando? No, I think my gas run was from Port St. Lucie. Port St. Lucie gas and then Georgia gas. Then North Carolina gas and then Baltimore gas. So that was it. 
So I did stay in a hotel in um, Orlando, got back on the road, went through Georgia, and uh, drove most of that day. I was upset. I wanted to check out Doug Parker at some point, but I had a few obstacles in front of me. A, I had just left Orlando and, you know, Jacksonville where the Trip Insurance Studios are. Well, that's not the Trip Insurance. Is it the Trip Insurance Studios? Either way, I wanted to stop in Jacksonville, but I did get a little anxious because the weather was getting, like, ridiculously bad. And I also felt uh, a, the, a check engine light came on in my car, which was the worst nightmare. Not necessarily the worst nightmare because, I mean, I drove my truck off the lot with a check engine light on. <laughs> and it lasted five, six years, whatever it was, five years. So that worked out. But, you know, this light came on. I got an oil change. So I got caught up in Orlando longer than I wanted to. And then the bad weather. And then the check engine light. So I did just roll through Jacksonville. And then I stopped for gas in Georgia. And that was the only stop there. And then I made it all the way to North Carolina. I wanted to do a lot of the driving while it was light out. Right? So it did get dark in North Carolina. And I was driving in the dark for a while. But I said to myself, I want to stop finally. And I want to spend the night in south of the border. Everybody knows about south of the border. If you've ever driven up and down the coast, it's a really cool vibe. It's a really cool, like, it's almost like you're driving and there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing. And then out of nowhere, like this little mini Vegas, right on the border of South Carolina and North Carolina. And my first experience with south of the border was when I was like four or five years old. And when I went to my grandparents' house and they have my dad's room, his old room from when he was a child, there was always this sticker and it said south of the border on it. It was a bumper sticker that was stuck on his wall. And I would ask him, what is that? He's like, oh, that's, you know, when you drive to Florida, you stop at south of the border. And I was like, that's cool. Some about the sticker that just kind of captivated me a little bit. Maybe that was a little precursor to how much I would just love kind of going back and forth <laughs> from New York to Florida. Shout out to Juan. I mean, dare I say, I really, really uh, was captivated by this sticker. And then uh, when I was 19, we did take our first trip to Florida as a family. And when I tell you shit show, it was a shit show. My dad is, is I, I, the apple doesn't fall a lot far from the tree. There's a lot of shit showisms that go on. I mean, it was, my dad decided that we usually vacation local New York, Montauk, uh, dude ranch in Pennsylvania. These were our vacations when we were young. So when I was 19, my brother was 12. My sister was 14. My dad decided through not asking any of us, he just decided we're going on a trip to Florida. <laughs> and this was in 1993, 1994, whatever it was. And, uh, so it was before a lot of the technology was out. So on the table, there was uh, a slew of maps and a slew uh, like a, a big map and AAA booklets of each state and like just travel guides. He's like, all right, so we're going to Florida. Now, this is a time when ready. I used to work at this place called the Dairy Barn. Now, if you listen to this show, I'm going to take you through a Dairy Barn at some point. What it is is a, a, a convenience store that you drive through and they bring everything, milk, eggs, uh, soda, candy, juices, Entenmann's cakes, whatever. Uh, you could drive through and they'll bring you. So I I was uh, I was an employee there when I was 18. 
And uh, they strictly made you managers by you bidding on a particular location. So if you are, you know, a terrible, terrible way to way to operate. But let's just say a managerial job came up. There was maybe, let's say there's like 40 stores across Long Island. If a managerial job came up, you could bid on it. And you were given that store strictly by seniority. So if you were a part-timer and you wanted to bid on a store, you could bid on a store. And then once you bid on that store, they would just go to the most seniority person. Now, I was not a good employee, okay? I know you're probably shocked and would think that I'd be like the epitome of responsibility, a, a, a 19-year-old Tommy Casabona. But shockingly, I was not. And I got this uh, part-time job at the dairy barn. And when I was there, there was nothing work-related. Like, the, if there was customers, that was a problem. That was like an annoyance to me. I hired seven of my best friends and this little dairy barn became our party headquarters. And it would be like a pregame spot because they would close at 11. And then we would go into Far Rockaway to these bars after. But we would be drinking all the beer inside the place and having pizza parties, watching Nick games. I'd bring pizza. I'd bring pizza in and uh, friends who didn't work there. There'd be three or four or five friends in there that didn't work there. There'd be girls. We'd be playing music. And meanwhile, people are just trying to drive through and get their eggs and butter. Okay, I'll get you your eggs. I'll get you your butter. But Patrick Ewing's in the NBA Finals, and he's about to hit two foul shots, and we got to check this out because this is the Knicks' only chance to win. We're playing Akeem Olajuwon and the Houston Rockets. Michael Jordan's retired playing baseball somewhere for a couple of minutes, and this is going to be our only chance. So can we please see if the Knicks are going to win? Then I'll get you your damn bacon. So that's what happened. And very often the manager, I'm sorry, the uh, district supervisor would come in and catch me doing this. And he 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 wouldn't be he, he wouldn't be a fan of it. He wouldn't approve of it. So this tangent is based oh, and then when sometimes I would uh you know, one night we forgot to lock the, uh, or uh no, I I lost the key to lock the back fridge. You know what I mean? Like the play, the area where you would fill the milk there was the refrigerator was a walk-in but you'd have to leave the actual dairy barn walk around to the back and then there'd be an area where you can walk in now we lost the keys to that one night so i parked my car up against it so as to not have anybody be able to go in and rob it because far be it from me to be able to call the people who are uh the powers that be and maybe get a key and let them know that there's an emergency because i lost the key now that wasn't happening because we had to go out and we had to go to the bridge because you know it was two dollar miller light ice the dance floor so one night i was like i got an idea i'll just back up my corolla up against the thing so nobody can get in and use my car as a barrier and then we'll take billy's car and we'll go into far rockaway to the bar no problem right no problem whatsoever so we would do that but uh so where where was i uh on with this tangent what was i trying to say oh yeah so um i after many, many times of just effing off at that job, I was uh, asked to leave that job. I was asked to not work there anymore. <laughs> but I couldn't tell my, I didn't want to tell my dad that. You know what I mean? I would basically say, you know what, I'm 19, I don't have a lot going on. I kind of left college because this job was taking over my life and I put a pause on college. So, all right, as long as you're making money and you got this job that's paying you, you know, a good amount of money every week you know you could take a break 
but uh, I didn't want to tell my dad that I was not any longer in college and I didn't have this job anymore. So what I would do is just go play basketball all day. Like I would be, you know, my friends would pick pick me up at like uh, 10 or 11 or I would get in my car. Actually, yeah, I would get in my car because I didn't have the car there and I would leave it close to the dairy barn and I would go and we'd play basketball all day long. And that's just, that would just be what it was. Uh, so that was what was going on. So it wasn't like, uh, I, I was, it was espionage. I was trying to hide that. And that was the same exact th- that, th- that time. But I remember my dad rented a white Ford Taurus and we loaded it up with bags and we were on our way and we were driving down. I'm like, we're going to Florida right now. Part of me was excited because I had never, I don't think I had been outside of New Jersey. That was it. New York and New Jersey were the only states. I, well, Pennsylvania, yeah, because of the dude ranch. But that was it. Now we were going we to get close. We were going to go through the whole country. I was going to see the whole country for the first time at 19 years old. So my dad was driving most of the way. And uh, it was cool because it was, you know, you stop off and it's your first taste of somebody with a North Carolina accent. Or it's your first taste of somebody who's from Georgia. You know, you... I've never seen a palm tree in person, so that was big. But I remember the coolest part of that one was, uh, you know, my dad was starting to get tired. So we were going back and forth, driving a little bit. And then we stopped off in Georgia at a rest stop and kind of closed our eyes for a little while. And then we got back on the road. My dad would say, my dad said, you want to drive? You okay to drive? I'm like, yeah, I could drive. He's like, I'm going to pass out. So he goes back to sleep. And now I'm driving. And we're going through Georgia. And it was different because you know how it was a long time ago when uh, America, it wasn't so global. It wasn't so national, whatever it is. Like everybody had their own local vibe and the local feel. Those of you who go back that far can know like what you heard on the radio in Nashville was not what you heard on the radio in New York. What you heard on the radio in uh Florida was not what you would have heard in Washington state. It was all different. It was a lot more of a local feel. And yeah, there were popular national songs, but sometimes they didn't get to certain states until, you know, uh, you know, there were now it's just everything happens right away. If a hot song comes out, it's automatically zipped throughout the country. And I remember being in Georgia and this was when Notorious B.I.G. first came out. And I was definitely, as you guys know, a big hip hop fan. And just a stupid, cool moment I'll tell you about was when we were driving and we crossed over into the uh, Florida-Georgia line. Nobody was awake. It was just me. I did have the radio on. My brother and my sister were passed out. My dad was passed out. And I'm just having this moment. The sun is just starting to come up. I'm driving. And we passed the Florida-Georgia line. And all of a sudden, the song by total and notorious big comes on and it's called can't you see and this radio dj well y'all here we go we got the notorious b now this new rapper is about about as hot as it gets right now hottest thing out of new york city i know we don't really normally don't play this but uh we don't play music like this but this one's just on fire this is notorious big in total and it was just i'm like i felt like uh it felt weird to me. It just felt like this sense of pride. Like, oh my gosh, this New York City hip-hop music is really starting to branch out. And it was just weird because that was weird at that time. 
Now there's absolutely nothing weird about that. It's everywhere. It's all over. And there's really basically no time in which it uh, takes for it to kind of, I guess, make its way throughout the country. The minute it's, it drops, it's in everybody's ear, no matter where you are in the country and in many cases the world. But anyway, yes, we did pass by the, um, the, 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 the what do you call it, the uh, south of the border. And I was like, holy crap, that's where it is. And, you know, they let you know like 70 miles before you get there. Stop and see Pedro. Pedro says, you know, all these signs, you know, that kind of like it's a Mexican theme. And it is a border because it's North and South Carolina border, but they play off the whole border, U.S. and Mexico, as far as their theme goes. And then I saw it. There's a big giant sombrero and it was lit up and it was kind of an impressive place. And then I would, we would always just drive by it. There was never really a reason to stop. We stopped once to get something to eat, but we never, uh, we never really stopped. And on this trip, I was like, you know what? It's going to be special. Uh, this is a couple of days. Uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, I, 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 I can do this now. You know, why not? Why not stop at south of the border? And what I expected was that to be like a premium place. You know what I mean? Rather than the roadside hotels, because it's got so much notoriety, I figured it would be like a, a nice accommodations. So I pull off with my plan. And, all right, you know, I was driving a little bit deeper into the night than I wanted to, too, as well. So I eventually pulled off the road, went to south of the border, went to the front desk. I was very, again, it was really, really cool. At night, it was lit up like crazy. It was like really, really cool. So I told the uh, ladies at the desk I wanted to check in. They said, okay. And then they explained to me where the room was. I got back in my car, went around to where the room was. And it was like a cell block, all cement. It looked like a car. It looked like a storage facility. They, the place to park your car was basically between two cement pillars that led to your steel door with your concrete walls and no windows whatsoever. Like literally like a jail. I was like, all right, this is not ideal. And it, was, it wasn't lit back there. There was no lighting. It looked like, you know, basically where you would enter into the accommodation portion of south of the border was uh, comparable to where you would put a dumpster if you had a restaurant and literally no light. So I'm like, this is annoying. This is not what I thought. But all right, let me, uh, at least while I'm sitting in my parking spot, let me see what's available Uber Eats-wise. There was nothing available. For whatever reason, No, the, none of the delivery apps brought to the hotel. So I was like, all right, let me see what's around. So I went back to the front desk and I said, where can I eat around here? They said, Hot Tamales is open. Saw the place called Hot Tamales look really cool and touristy from the outside. I bet I can get a cool meal there. You walk in, a giant uh, cafeteria is what it basically was. With AC drippings all over the place. There were people who were without home laying around. Like, it was disgusting. And back in the area where they were cooking, it was an open kitchen. And it just didn't look clean at all. And, you know, let's be honest we are living in a time where cleanliness is at a little bit of a premium right now where we're all concentrating on making sure things are clean this did not look that way it was at that point where i said you know what <clears throat> we're not staying here i'm not gonna i'm just gonna uh, abort this whole mission and find another town 
So I did. I went back to the front desk, told them the accommodations weren't what I thought. They were not happy about that, but I did get in the car and go reverse. I went back south because I did see a well-lit town, maybe seven or eight miles in the other direction, and I went there, and that was it. So um, at that point, I got a pretty good night's sleep in North Carolina and was up and ready to go by a decent hour the next day. So when I left there, it was pretty much it. I powered through, ended up getting that e-later that evening all the way to Baltimore. And in Baltimore, I crashed at this, uh, what was it, a, um, a Red Roof Plus? And it was nice. Very, very comfortable hotel, but I was beat at that point. I got into the bed, watched that shit show of a debate, and I uh, passed out and then was pumped up because I woke up. And I uh, began the final run to New York City. And that was it. Got to New York City. No problems during the trip. Everything went okay. Uh, You know, it was taxing, but not too taxing. It was fun. It was enjoyable. You know, I do love going back up and down the coast, uh, dare I say. So that's it. So I guess you, if you want to see that, if you want video, uh, I guess video accompaniment to that, that is on the Patreon. But I am excited about getting back into the cruise news and getting back into having guests on and everything like that. This show is the way it is, basically bare bones, no prep, because of the fact that, you know, it's just been a whirlwind. I've spent most of the time trying to get myself organized into this new apartment while working 8 to 10 hours a day at the new job, which, you know, I'll keep you guys abreast of of how it's going. And uh, we'll take it from there. But I am excited. Starting tomorrow, I am definitely going to do just... The key is going to be doing it just little by little. A little bit each day. Putting some news together. Staying on top of situations. And then being able to put show notes together uh, here and there. So then Wednesdays, I will be able to bring you the show loud and clear. And that's the plan, guys. Um, And that's about it for this show. We're going to do some emails. Uh, So let's switch over to that right about now. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. And if you want to participate in the show, you can do so by emailing me at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We are always looking for some good emails, as mentioned in the show previously to this. Now, so what we want to do is get your opinions, your thoughts, your questions, your conversations, your corrections, anything you want out there. There's nothing you can't email me about. I'd like to say, you know what, maybe keep it sort of by, you know, in the cruising hemisphere or at least somewhat relatable to it. But if not, hit me up anyway, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, and we will read your email on the show, if it's appropriate, dare I say. Hey, Tommy, thanks for the great podcast. I used to work on an isolated ranch, and it's always been a great escape, along with an interesting and even educational listen. Uh, I recently moved down to Singer Island near West Palm, to a family place. Work is slow due to COVID, so I'm looking for some hospitality or restaurant work on shore. I wanted to ask if you know anyone that needs a good entry-level guy for kitchen or bar work. Any tips would be appreciated, and I'd owe you one. Thanks again, Will. Will, I really do feel your pain in this regard, and uh, I could say that I was looking for a gig down there for a while. And it was a little slim pickings. You know what I'm saying? It was a little difficult to um, find somebody. The only 
The only thing I could tell you to do is to keep at it. Indeed.com seems to be the best thing for that area. I will definitely put some feelers out there and uh, let you know. Uh, 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 you definitely want to go to this. Ready? Here we go. Palm Beach in the Biz. Search for that on Facebook. Palm Beach in the Biz. That's a group with over like five or six or 7,000 members. And it's a, kind of like an employment kind of, let's say, uh, a, a hub. My buddy Joe down there started it. And he is the guy in West Palm. Actually, I'll set him up with you. And it'll be, I'll just make the introduction. Honestly, he's uh, my guy. And he might be opening up a sandwich shop in uh, downtown West Palm, Clamata Street, which is no more than really 20, 25 minutes from you. Singer Island, you know, you have that Canopy Hotel over there, the, uh, the Hilton over there. Um, you have Riviera Beach over there. You have, uh, uh, what is it, North Park, Lake Park over there. That's where I worked at that pirate place up there. That was the, the spot you could check out the pirates well up there. Um, but it's just going to be a matter of right place, right time. I cannot lie to you, Will. It is tough out there for everybody. And you'll get something. You definitely will. It just might take some time. In the meantime, check out Palm Beach in the biz. And put your uh, you join right up. And uh, put your information out there. Maybe some uh, details about your qualifications. Say you're willing to do some entry-level work. And you know what? Somebody may reach out to you. I will definitely mention it to some friends that I do have. But uh, yeah, it is tough. And I wish you the best of luck, Will. And I uh, encourage you and urge you to hang in there, man. I know it's definitely difficult right now. All right. Moving on. Hey, Tommy. Loving the show as of late. Dare I say it has been fantastic. Let's all be honest. It's hilarious that you are heading back to New York City. You glossed over that when you announced it a while back. Dare I say you ignored how ridiculous it is how many times you've done the Florida to New York shuffle. I was looking at the map. How often does a typical Rockville Center resident make it down to those coastal islands by Long Beach? Also, how long is the trip into Manhattan via train and via car? Describe Rockville Center to us. Dare I say, paint us a picture. Next, I think people should start including their booking status in any email going forward. Dare I say that I demand people should. <laughs> booking One is This is one. One's always good for a laugh. <clears throat> the show is called Always Be Booked. Let's report this and when we write in. So, my current status, I am booked. I am booked for MSC Divina Thanksgiving Cruise 2021. It goes out of Miami. We have two sea days. We have a day on their private island and a day at a crappy Puerto Plata, Dominican Republic. That is one of those fake ports in the middle of nowhere with a pool and a zip line that kind of traps you. Oh, I'm thinking, what is that? That's uh, Costa Maya, right? <laughs> Listen, they're nice. They're a getaway. They're tropical. What more do you want? Dare I say, it pens you in like an animal. Uh, have, you've never been on MSC. You're looking forward to it. Wait, hold on. Dare I say it pens you in like an animal. I have never been on MSC. I'm looking forward to it. Dare I say I'm jubilant. Next, let's talk traveling cousins. I like where you are headed with the traveling cousins idea. Cruisers, RVers, Disney people, all inclusives. I agree. These people are similar. 
dare I say they are related, but I think you're missing one. Timeshares. Okay. It turns out there's a huge timeshare community out there, and I find that a lot of timeshare people also cruise, RV, and do Disney. So for me, my time spent traveling is mostly spent in timeshares and camping in our travel trailer. Cruising comes in third, but that's merely a financial issue. I would choose to cruise over camp uh, over over camp any day. We have been timeshare owners for 14 years. We own a Marriott timeshare in Las Vegas that we have been to two times in that 14 years. Why? Because timeshare ownership for me is all about trading. Dare I say, that's why I bought it. I use timeshares to trade into other Marriott timeshares. We usually go to Hawaii, but we have also used it in Aruba, San Diego, Tahoe, and Florida. There is so much the, the world of timeshare ownership that I could go on for days, dare I say years. One of the ways that is to cousin, dare I say, uh, a brother to cruising is that it gets trashed by mainstream media outlets. Timeshares are great if you know how to work them. That's all from me today, Juan. Juan always comes strong. I will never forget when Juan back in the day put a call to arms and you guys actually failed him, dare I say failed all of us, by nobody submitting a rap. Juan put himself out there. Juan got on the microphone, got on the phone, and dare I say freestyled a version of my opening theme song. And nobody else joined in. He was hoping for like a little bit of a compilation or at least some sort of participation. We didn't really get any of that. But let's break down this email. So, yeah, the Florida, New York thing, uh, Juan, it is funny. But like I said, I was kind of thinking before, is it really, you know, that ridiculous? You know what I mean? If I like going to Florida uh, when I'm sick of New York and vice versa, and then there's opportunity that leads me to each of those directions, why not just do it? You know, it wasn't lost on me how ridiculous it does seem, but then I kind of just kind of settled into it. Just enjoy it. Um, you were looking at the map. However, see, so that's the area grew up Rockville Center. There's the towns are East Rockaway, Limbrook, Oceanside, Rockville Center, Hewlett. These are all towns in the one little area, dare I say. And uh, then you have, if you want to go a little bit more coastal, you go to Island Park, and then that leads you to Long Beach. We grew up there. That was it. Like since I was 12 years old, 13 years old, we got our boogie boards our body boards and we boarded the long island railroad and took the three stop one dollar and 25 cent train ride down to long beach what was it 12 minutes it's a 12 minute ride on the train so we're very familiar with coastal long beach you know we don't it's not tropical you know what i mean but it is complete beach so we always took it for granted that we just were coastal water kids we would you know cut school and go to long beach 9 a.m in the morning and be back by uh, the second half of school. You know what I mean? If we knew there was a substitute and then a study hall followed by a lunch, we didn't have to be there till fourth, fifth period. We'd start the day in Long Beach and catch some waves nice and early. Now, I sound like a douchebag surfer. Not that surfers are douchebags at all whatsoever. They're not. But I am not. I say I'm, I sound like a douchebag surfer because I am not really a surfer. I'm not really an enthusiast. I did. We, we did have a, a couple of years where we were really into those body boards. You know what I mean? The snakeskin bottoms, the Mori 7SSs. We were into them. So we were, 
we were uh, aficionados in the boogie boarding for a little while. What are you going to do? You're going to be a surfer on Long Island? You know what I mean? Who are we kidding out here? So we uh, we were very, very familiar with the water growing up. We weren't afraid of a little riptide. We weren't afraid of a couple of hypodermic needles. And we did our thing on the evil streets of Long Beach. The be- the uh, um, the boardwalk. I could tell you got some trouble. Uh, that was always our late night spot. It was just beautiful. You know what I mean? Then we got cars. You'd be there in 10, 15 minutes. We would always, uh, you know, that was also the spot. You'd get a blanket and you'd get a bottle of something. And, you know, I remember one time uh, I started dating this girl and um, we were going to have our night at Long Beach. And we were going to go to Long Beach and that was it. You know what happens at Long Beach after the sun goes down. And uh, we did just that. You know, I went into the liquor store. A friend of mine, kind of, who was about three years older than me, was working the liquor store. And I said, I need a bottle. He's like, looks like you're looking to entertain a young lady this evening. I'm like, I sure am. He's like, the chicks love the Alizé. <laughs> so I got some Alizé, a little bit of a blanket. We made our way. Pizza on the beach. And uh, on this particular event, we, uh, you know, we, we started having fun and, uh, you know, doing our thing, enjoying ourselves. And, uh, you know, like, like a young single couple might do. And uh, the authorities rolled by us. And uh, the authorities kept rolling. They were... It was like I thought I thought I was going to jail. I thought I was going away. I thought it was going to be the most embarrassing night of my life and I thought there was going to be big problems. But it was just a slow drive by, creep along, roll away for the authorities. Good night for Alize that night. So that's Long Beach. What else in Long Beach? It's got a beautiful boardwalk. Yeah, we grew up there. We were the parents took us there as kids. We got the pizza on the boardwalk. You know, it was, uh, if you were a resident of Long Beach, you can go free the whole time. But uh, you had to pay like $5.50 to get on the beach between Memorial Day and Labor Day. But before Memorial Day and after Labor Day, it was free for everybody. So it was cool. Uh, Decimated in Hurricane Sandy. Destroyed, but uh, positive turned into a negative. And uh, they built a really, really beautiful boardwalk. And one, like I said, and one I did see... Juan, welcome. You just became a super cone today, again for the second time. Uh, Juan checked in, and I'll say this too, guys: become a super cone and cancel after a month if you don't like it. Juan did break his chops a little bit. Juan came in for a couple of months and then got out of there. You know what I mean? Get in, get out, check it out. Uh, I hope you stay. I do see when everybody comes and everybody goes, and I always do get a little sad when I see a familiar name kind of cut ties, but I do get it. I do understand. And uh, Juan was, after this email, I was like, yeah, Juan would really appreciate the Patreons as of late because everything Juan's asking, I kind of map out in a video tour. I go from my hometown to Long Beach on a car ride. I walk up on the beach. I show, I do the whole thing. So it's kind of like interesting and Juan did sign back up so I'm sure he's if he hasn't seen it yet he will see the direct answers to all these questions um, paint a picture <clears throat> of Rockville Center Rockville Center is just suburbia USA out of those towns I mentioned Rockville Center is probably closest to a little bit of a mini urban type structure it does have a little bit of a downtown area but really at the end of the day a couple of bars, a couple of pubs, a couple of offices, a couple of doctor's offices, a couple of veterinarians, a couple of uh, retail shops, hair salons, 
and really it's just suburbia usa you couldn't make more of suburban if you made a movie about it but it is populated and the rockville center does have a scene a nightlife scene to which people do come far and wide from to get to you know what i mean there's a lot of places that people come they ride the train long island railroad runs right along sunrise highway which is right a block away from merrick road which is where we are so it is a popular place for people to come and hang out so we do have that um the booking status thing it's hard right now Juan. it's hard to kind of put pressure on people for being booked you know what i mean i see what you're saying you've been fighting that battle for a long time you've always wanted to know and make sure that people were booked I've heard you call people out on that previously in the past. I remember one post you had uh, daring, dare I say, to dare to be dare to to dare to say that everybody needs to say if they're booked. You almost challenged them at one point. Who's got the balls to say if they're really booked right now or not? And I respect it, but you know, the goal always be booked is a goal. You'd, you want to always be booked. If for whatever circumstances come upon you and you can't be booked at a particular time, well, hopefully soon you'll be booked. I'm not. I'm, I'm certainly not here to necessarily police people, but I do agree. You know what I mean? We should do it whenever we can. MSC Davina, okay. Uh, interesting choice. <laughs> I'm kidding around. There's no such thing as a bad cruise. I was knocking MSC Davina because I'm like, all right, you know, you got the seaside out there, the Meraviglia, you got the uh, uh, Sea View, you got all these crazy, beautiful cruise ships out there with MSC, and uh, you know, you have the uh, Armenia and the Davina, but Austin, uh, you know, from Kanga Casemates. He, uh, Austin Maxwell, swears by the MSC Davina. He had a great time on the aft portion of the ship. And, you know, he's a young fella with a bunch of other young fellas and ladies that really like to get after it and enjoy themselves on a, uh, enjoy themselves a good time on a particular cruise. And they were very, very happy with the Davina. So you're probably in good shape. And your jubilance is, dare I say, warranted. Uh, should be fun. All right, as far as all the other types of vacations, you're right, uh, and you're adding timeshares. Timeshares, I guess, that makes sense. You know what I mean? They do get knocked a lot in public. Timeshares are looked at as a lot of a lot of circles, like as if it's a scam. Uh, on that trip I was talking about before, you know, my dad being the non-planning, uh, you know, uh, curator of all things shit show, uh, went down and we didn't have tickets to any of the parks. So his plan was to do the timeshare presentations. You know, they tell you it's going to be two hours. It's really four or five hours. But my dad almost bought, dare I say, a timeshare. And we almost ended up buying timeshares. And then they changed the price at the end. It wasn't really what he thought it was going to be. So we said, no, thank you. We'll take our two hours left at the theme park. Thank you very much. <laughs> Is what it is. But that's cool. You've been owning timeshares for 14 years. And I'm sure it makes sense. If you know what you're doing. And you know how to manipulate the system. And get the most bang for your buck. You're probably good. Um, trading. It's about trading. So you have 14 years of experience. In owning a timeshare. So I'm sure you can probably. Uh, clean house. On some of the rookies out there. And get some trades that. Uh, let's just say they. 
end up in your favor, dare I say. Um, and that's pretty much it. I appreciate the email, Juan. Always a pleasure. And this is it for this episode. I appreciate you guys listening again. Uh, starting tomorrow, I am taking notes. We're going to be abreast of all the news. And we're going to make sure that the next time we do a show, it's going to be more, uh, a little organized, a little bit more. You know, we'll still do the hijinks and the wackiness, but it's going to be, uh, you know, more of what you're used to. Interviews, things like that. All right, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com is the email. All uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash alwaysbebooked is the Patreon. $5 a month, you'll get all those videos on the trip. You'll get the raising of the bar, daily, daily uploads of the newest things that I'm dealing with with running this bar. And you'll get the, uh, you know, the daily episodes. I don't know of a better value for that for five. I, I'm Guys, seriously, what do we got to do here? $5 for all of that? What, what else do we have to do? There's no better value. So if you're so inclined, patreon.com slash always be booked. It is a huge help and so appreciated. And it's a good way to even support this show if that's all you're really looking to do. Um, uh, the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook is a group. You guys know what we do there. It's a lot of fun. And Always Be Booked on Instagram as well. And please, guys, YouTube always be booked you would be my hero if you go to youtube and type in always be booked and share that we will cruise again video wherever you can it's a good video it might bring an emotional tear to your face uh it might not it might be it it is cheesy but you might like it either way i appreciate you guys listening you guys are the best boat drinks cones there's a place where the boat leaves from it takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Put me down, and when I fall on my stool, put me down. I'll just sleep there till morning comes round. With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas, and Bob Marley songs that I'm playing. There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear. Soft tropical lips that are singing. Get away. 
to where the boat leaves from and takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. So get away to where the boat leaves from and takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from and takes away. I love your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from.